Good morning. We are in a sermon series called Character Matters as we uh, go through the book of 1 Peter. I encourage you to uh, open your Bibles with me if you'd like to to 1 Peter chapter 2 uh, where we'll be taking a look at what it means to be kind. So today uh, we'll be in 1 Peter uh, chapter 2. Uh, we'll just read the first three vo- verses together, y'all. Therefore, rid yourself of all malice and all deceit and all hypocrisy and envy and slander of, of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Let's pause and and pray over this passage and uh, pray for us this morning. Father, we we gather in, in humble praise, knowing that you are Lord of all. In all of your son Jesus Christ, whom you sent, in all of your word, And as we read these words, as we dive deeper into this passage, I pray that uh, your Holy Spirit will touch our hearts, that you will guide and lead us today, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Her name was Mammy Adams, and she went to the same branch post office in her town for years. And the reason she loved this post office is because they were so friendly. There's one day in December, she was in this incredibly long line to buy stamps. And someone pointed out to Mammy, they said, Mammy, why are you standing in this line? It's going to be another 20, 30 minutes. There's a stamp machine right there in the lobby. And she said, oh, I know, but the machine won't ask me about my arthritis. You know, I believe this story. I don't know if you know this about Jessica and I, but we go to a pharmacy that is no longer in our network. We go to a pharmacy that is no longer in our insurance network because she knows our kids, and she knows us by name, and she gets us some of the best deals. I believe that kindness... It's just one of those things that's missing in this world. There are a lot of passages in the Bible that talk about kindness. I mean, Paul tells the Corinthians that love is kind. He tells the Galatians that we should not grow weary in doing good. We shouldn't get tired of being kind. He tells the Ephesians that kindness goes hand in hand with forgiveness. Paul tells the Thessalonians to encourage one another. And here, Peter uses some strong metaphor language to describe what it means to be a kind person. The passage begins with the word, therefore. And therefore, points the readers back to Peter's statement to love one another deeply from the heart. He also uses the word, rid yourself. The original Greek 
here is, is not imperative. You know the difference between an imperative statement and a not so imperative statement, right? This rendering here is not super good because it sounds like Peter's saying, you need to get all this, get rid of all this stuff. You need to get rid of malice and all this other stuff. But that's not what Peter is saying. He's saying, since you've already chosen, going back to the therefore, since you've already chosen to love one another deeply, while you've made that decision, you might as well just keep going ahead and removing malice, deceit, hypocrisy, and slander. You've chosen to love deeply, so of course you're not going to wear all of that. I read Peter's words described in this way. Malice is wicked ill will, hoping for one another to, uh, hoping for another person to be harmed. Deceit is intentional dishonesty. Hypocrisy is also hypo- is, is also falseness, holding others to standards we don't live up to for the sake of pride. Envy has been called resentful discontent, focusing our angst on someone who who has what we crave. Slander is using false or misleading words to harm another's reputation. None of it is kind. And you can't wear any of it. If you've claimed that you're going to love one another deeply. Tuesday, I had Jessica's car for the day so I could get her oil changed. I got home, I guess it was about 4 o'clock that day. And I thought I would just kind of, I mean, it's the week of her birthday. It's the week of Mother's Day. I thought maybe I could clean out her car a little bit, maybe change the cabin filter, make it look kind of nice. But if you remember Tuesday, it was sunny and 83 degrees. And I didn't change before I began cleaning this car out. I was wearing jeans and a polo, and I can still remember how I felt. Kind of like now with all all these lights on me. I was sweaty. I felt gross. All I wanted to do was get out of those clothes and get into something comfortable and cooler. Have you ever had those feelings? Whether you worked all day and needed to get into comfy clothes or, or maybe it rained and your clothes were all wet and heavy, right? This is what Peter means when he says, rid yourself. Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, It's heavy. It weighs you down, and it keeps you from being kind. The writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 12, that therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us Run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And consider him who endured this opposition from sinners so that you don't grow weary and lose heart. Let us throw off that which is heavy and burdensome. And malice and hypocrisy, envy, 
uh, deceit, slander. It's slowing you down from being the kind person that God has called us to be. And verse 2 goes on with, I mean, kind of another metaphor, doesn't it? Verse 2 kind of jumps in with another metaphor. We're to be kind of like newborn babies, Peter says, who just crave milk. The King James Bible translates this verse saying we need to crave milk of the word. The Greek word here is logikon, which does have the root logos in it, and that's the word for word. But Paul uses the same word in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, that says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in views of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. This is your true and proper worship. True and proper worship. Is it worship of the word, or is it worship that is just right for the moment. The worship is supposed to be proper, true, reasonable, spiritual. And that's the same word that the writer of Romans uses that Peter uses here, logicon. The milk that we crave should be right, reasonable, pure, spiritual. In fact, it's the kind of milk that just makes sense. My oldest son is now 13 years old, but when he was a baby, and some of you may remember when he was a baby, he was awful. My wife blessed, blessed you on Mother's Day because he was awful. He cried all the time. I mean, I, I know, I get it. Babies cry, right? That's what they do. But no, no. When he was awake, he cried. There was no moment where there was just like, happy, you know, goo goo ga ga. No, it was screaming in your face 24 7. There were no goo goos, there were no gagas, there was wah all the time. We told the pediatrician about this, of course. And he checked him out and he found this small rash on his chest and said, I think your baby is allergic to the protein in cow's milk. And sure enough, we took him off of that, and he was a happy baby. We were unknowingly giving him something he was allergic to. It all made sense now, right? It all made sense. The milk we were giving him was causing him to be upset. But Paul says, or I mean Peter says here, that we're to crave the right kind of milk. The one that makes sense. If you want to be a kind person, well, you're going to drink the right kind of thing. And so maybe the King James is right. Because we get the right kind of thing from the word of God. Amen? We need to do a kindness check. If you're not a very kind person, if you're struggling with that aspect of character, maybe, think about this, maybe you're struggling also with malice or deceit or hypocrisy or envy or slander. You may find yourself more prone to kindness if you rid yourself 
of that which is bringing you down. As good milk causes a baby to grow, good spiritual milk will cause you and I to be more of a kind person, to grow in kindness. Verse 3, it goes just a little bit further, right? Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. You've tasted that God is good. You've experienced the kindness in God. Now go and do the same for others, right? I read this week that Pat Summerall, the well-known sports announcer, trusted Christ with his life, and he gave up alcohol in the 60s. And as he describes his life with Christ, he says, it was like an alcoholic looking for a drink. If he wants it bad enough, he can find it. I'm like that when I'm looking for prayer, service, and Bible study. You have tasted the kindness of God, friends. Why would we not want that for others? We've tasted the kindness of God, especially in his son, Jesus Christ. Why would we not want that for others? And Jesus tells a parable that's very similar to this in relation to forgiveness, which we've already talked about, is closely linked with kindness. The kingdom of God is like a king who wanted to square up his accounts with his servants, and he got underway doing that. And he brought one servant before him. He'd run a debt of hundreds of thousands of dollars, and he couldn't pay it. So the king ordered that that man, along with his wife, along with his children, along with his goods, all of it be auctioned off at a slave market. The poor wretch threw, his, threw himself at the king's feet and begged, will you just please give me a chance and I'll pay it back. And the king was touched by his plea and he let, off, let him off, erasing his debt. That servant had to have been appreciative, amen? But Jesus said as soon as he left the courthouse, as soon as he left the courthouse, he came upon one of his buddies, a fellow servant who owed him $10, and he seized him by the throat and demanded, pay up now. And his buddy fell at his feet begged, give me a second chance, I'll pay it back. But he wouldn't do it, and he had the man arrested for $10, Jesus said. And when the other servants saw how he treated his buddy, they told the king. And the king says, you evil servant, I forgave your entire debt when you begged me for mercy. Shouldn't you be compelled to be merciful to your fellow servant who asked for mercy? Hear Jesus saying, he has forgiven us and shown us an incredible amount of kindness. Can we not muster up now that we have tasted that the Lord is good? Can we not muster up enough kindness to show one another? We're reminded this morning of the kindness that God showed us on the cross. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love 
It flowed, mingled down, did e'er such love and sorrow meet, or thorns compose so rich a crown. We sing this morning, celebrating the kindness of God on the cross. And that May that lead us. May that lead us to be kind. As we sing the song, I'm going to ask that you gather in one of these three stations that are set up around the building. If you will take the cup and hold, we'll take it all together. But take some moment as we sing together to reflect on the kindness of God shown in His Son, Jesus Christ. May we taste that kindness and seek to show the same kindness to our neighbors. Pray with me, please. Father, I I am grateful for this reminder to be kind. And my prayer is that through this reminder of your son, Jesus Christ, (coughs) excuse me, that, Lord, we can reflect that kindness onto others. Lord, allow your Holy Spirit to be poured out on us to to make it known what is keeping us from being kind. Lord, if we've got malice, I pray that that will be removed. We will remove it. We'll rid it from our life. Pray if we've got envy, that it will be removed from our life. Hypocrisy. Whatever is keeping us from being the kind people you've called us to be, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will reveal that to us. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.